class yesterday at Basecamp Fitness. I live just down the street now, so I'm probably in class once a week. And in my class, there was a woman who was new and on the assault bike next to me. I'll get to the assault bikes, by the way. The manager who was also taking class singled me out and said, don't let her get lost. And then said, Ellen, stick with Gina. I felt responsible for her, like I really did. So I checked in with her throughout class to make sure she was okay and understood where we were going. And that might feel like a small thing, but it's actually a really, really big thing if you're new to class. When it comes to gyms and the way it feels to walk into one, I think a lot about my first job. Well, my first job with taxable income after babysitting and lawn mowing and the other cash-only arrangements that I made as a young entrepreneur. I worked at a Lifetime Fitness in Champlain, Minnesota, and my boss was very, very much a Michael Scott. His name was Todd, last name redacted. And if you speak to anyone I worked with there, they'll have stories about shift meetings and other things we thought were dorky as teenagers who worked at the hospitality desk. Hospitality, by the way, is a nice way of saying towel folding and light cleaning. But the thing I've come to realize now is that Todd was actually enforcing culture by making the customer number one and himself the I don't care what you high schoolers think about me guy. He learned people's names, enforced that the club should always be clean, and he only made me wear the vacuum backpack once, which if you know what that looks like, you'd appreciate that too. This is Gina Anderson Cohn, by the way, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life, and this week, we're getting a different look at gym culture with this week's guest. Connick Runyon is the owner of Basecamp Chicago, a newer entrant into the fitness scene, and I don't even really wanna mention his dad except to say this. Connick was born into a world of fitness culture as the son of Chuck Runyon, co-founder of Anytime Fitness and CEO of Self-Esteem Brands, which owns and operates franchise brands like Anytime Fitness, The Bar Method, Waxing in the City, and Basecamp Fitness. Connick graduated from college in 2021 and lobbied to open the first Basecamp Fitness in Chicago. His education and culture started as a kid, going to the Anytime Fitness Conference with his dad and seeing people who loved the brand so much that they tattooed the logo on their bodies. That education and culture served him as he set off to learn on his own and operate his own business. To read between the lines, Connick appreciates what he's learned, but has a fire in his belly to create something for himself. You'll hear him share how he builds culture among the members at the newest Basecamp Fitness on Madison Street in Chicago. And honestly, it's like a textbook in community building that flows out of him. But at the heart of his methodology is making members the center of the universe at Basecamp, celebrating them and never letting them feel alone in class. Think back to Ellen, new to class, probably a little bit nervous, the management team made sure that someone checked in on her, learned her name, and had her back while she was experiencing something new. And all of that was happening while Connick wasn't even there. He talks about how he leads in a way that empowers his team to try new things, solve problems on their own, and be accountable for the members in the space. On this episode, you'll also hear from Brooke Daniels, who's an ambassador who is loving Basecamp Fitness right now. And for listening, you also have access to a special offer, which is good for one free week at all Basecamp Fitness locations nationwide. Check our show notes for the link and for more information on where you can find Basecamp. Now here I am with Connick Runyon. This is Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life, and I am here with Connick Runyon, who runs the Basecamp 
in Chicago. Connick, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Okay, Connick, before we jump in, tell us about Basecamp. What is it? What's the workout? What can we expect yeah. in there? Yeah, so Basecamp is a group fitness uh, class. It is a 35-minute HIIT workout, and then there are about 10 minutes of core and stretching at the end, a cool-down period, so it's 45 total minutes. Um, for our cardio, what we do is intervals. So you're going to switch off between our air assault bike. That's what we use for our cardio. And then various strength or resistance training, whether it's a full body, upper body, or lower body day. So today was Tuesday. It was lower body day. We had a more plyometric, quick lower body day, which we focused on ladders. We did medicine balls and we did some kettlebell movements. And I went to base camp yesterday, which was an upper body day. <laughs> And I live, I live to tell the tale. Um, yep. Assault bikes were, are, are sort of the love it or hate it element of the workout, right? Yeah, it's a love-hate, I always say, because you love it because you go at your own pace. It's very low impact, and it honestly cools you off a little bit when you do it. Um, the harder you go, the bigger breeze you build up. But obviously, like I said, you can't plateau. It's, it's, I mean, it's just the harder you push, the harder it pushes against you. So if you got a sprint, you know, you're going for that 28 mile mark, 27, you're going to feel it. Um, and it's all your own pace, which is fantastic. Yeah. And it, yeah, you're right. It does cool the class down. So it's, it's, yeah, uh, it does. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it's, um, like I said, it's such a unique piece of equipment because it's allows you just to have a full body cardio workout while on a bike. It's kind of unique. Totally. All right. You haven't been open that long, um, the base camp location in the West Loop, right? Tell us when you open and how it's going. No, so we opened December 6th, uh, and it went – when we opened, we broke the franchisee pre-sale record. So we opened Ooh. to 350 members. Then Omicron and all that stuff hit. So in January, February, and a little bit of March, basically, we were just losing members. We went down to like 175, 180. From end of March, though – to um, so beginning of April to now we're uh, right around 340 members um, which is fantastic we're right up there again and so we're building up we're having a great community base I'm a big 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 believer in culture um, in the workplace and of course with the customer experience and so I think that is one of our biggest driving forces into providing and grow you know, the best experience but also growing at the rate we're growing I mean we in the two months past two months we've probably netted 60 members 70 members and that just doesn't really happen normally in these two months of july and june when it's so nice outside yeah you're right fitness is tough um in yeah. in chicago in the summer obviously it's very regional because you see in places like texas like florida people want to go inside in the summer yeah. and, and out of the the heat um but here folks love to be love to be outdoors in the summer. So that's great. Um, and you mentioned that Basecamp is a part of a franchise. So tell us how long the franchise has been around and, and why you wanted to get involved in it. Yes. So it was acquired by, um, it's called Self-Esteem Brands. It is owned by, Self-Esteem Brands, sorry, owns Anytime Fitness, Wax in the City, The Bar Method, Stronger Nutrition, and Basecamp Fitness. So Anytime Fitness, of course, was the breadwinner, right? It was a very, very successful gym franchise, 24-hour fitness. And from there, it acquired all these companies, Basecamp being one of them. Basecamp has over 16 open locations to date, six of which are corporate-owned, the four in California and two in Minnesota. The rest of the 10, I believe, are all owned by franchisees, which is fantastic. So it's a brand-new company. It's um, It's got a lot of potential, a lot of great growth. And, of course, I mean, it's just the 
it's great being so new into a company because you feel like you can um, give great feedback and it's appreciated and they can make a change off it. That's one of the nicest things. When you have such a big brand like Anytime Fitness where there's 4,000 locations, right? It's so hard to implement a change. Even if corporate or they implement a franchisee change, right? Many franchisees aren't going to change it because it's just A, money, and B, it's just changing that many studios is impossible. But so how I got into it was I had a lot of family associated with Anytime Fitnesses. Um, I've been in franchising my whole life since I was born, basically. Um, when I was like four, my family got into franchising. And so from there, I've just known how it works, everything about it. And of course, um, with Basecamp, that's why I worked throughout high school. And of course, when I come home the summers in college at the Minnesota location up in North Loop. And so I was very familiar with the brand, very familiar with its leadership, its first employees, um, and everyone that's part of the team. And so I literally asked, I was talking to them, like employees number two, one and two that worked in Santa Monica back in the day. I was like, hey, when is it coming? When's Basecamp coming to Chicago? They probably said that for three years, four years. I was like, well, I'd love to franchise Chicago. I think it'd be great. Let's make that happen. And so we all came together. Um, and like I said, the team has just been nothing but supportive and helped me out there getting it uh, launched. And so we did a very successful pre-sale. And now we are here today with over 340 members. And it's great to see how the brands kind of come from when I first started there to where it is now. I mean, the logo got rebranded, um, new systems implemented, and just how it kind of just came to be. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I know you mentioned um, that fitness is in your blood. You've been to a lot of the Anytime Fitness conventions. Like you've seen um, the like love and loyalty that folks have for that brand. Um, Connick, last time we chatted, you mentioned to me that you took a little something from the Anytime Fitness convention. You did it for yourself. Yeah. You want to talk through your base camp tattoo, you lunatic? Yeah. Um, so anytime fitness, like I said, they've had comp my first one was Arizona. I believe I was 13 at the time. Um, but that's kind of, especially rooted from, uh, my old man, he kind of instilled the culture side of things, but I just, I always realized the importance of culture, right? Um, anytime fitness, their big motto is just bleed purple. Like anytime fitness is colors of purple, but that's the biggest thing is like bleed culture. It's about culture, 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 driving home a positive culture. A culture will always outbeat strategy every time. I believe. Um, and so with that anytime fitness sense, I can remember when I was 13, they do 200, 300 tattoos every single conference. And I'm talking every year. They did conferences every single year up until like 19 when they made them every two years because it just got so big. And so, like I said, they grew 200 plus tattoos. I mean, I got one, my old man's got one, my other uncle's got one. Um, everyone I know that's in anytime fitness has had some sort of tattoo because it's just like, you know, leave purple. And so at conference, I was there last conference um, in De Texas and the number one employee of Basecamp, first ever employee, Jesse was in charge of making sure everyone got checked in for the anytime tattoos was helping out at the booth. And I was like, Jesse, like, come on, man. Like who's got the first Basecamp tattoo? Like someone's got to get it right. Like, and he's like, no one has it. You should be the first. I was like, really? He goes, you won't. He really just said, basically said you won't. And so I was like, I, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'll do it. Like, right. Like, um, and so I ended up getting the first one. It's right there um, on it. And yeah, so I was number one to get it. I mean, like I said, I'm invested in the brand. I might as well, um, you know, rep it. Yeah. And for the listener at home, it's on the inside of, of Connick's elbow. I would call it your yes. elbow pit. Right there. <laughs> elbow pit a little bit. Yeah, it's close yeah. to the elbow pit. Yeah. Not in the elbow pit. That's a sensitive spot, but that's it's close. Um, yeah. 
but no, I think it's a great thing. A, it just like it reminds every day I see it, and it's I'm just happy, that, grateful, reminds of how grateful I am to be here. And also, I mean, it's a great. I just think it's great for the culture. Um, it worked well for any time. I think it's really cool to see the unique tattoos that people come up with. And I mean, if they do 200 every conference, I mean, since I was 13, I mean, since I was what. So when I was 2013, I mean, that's over 1,400 tattoos, you know, um, when I, before they started doing conferences every two years. And so, I mean, that's insane, just how many franchisees people came on and got tattoos. I mean, people would go around showing them off, um, and I've seen it, um, all of them. They're great. So, really cool. And I know you mentioned you mentioned your old man, so your dad's Chuck Runyon, who's the CEO of Self-Esteem Brands. But what I love about your story, Connick, and just Connick, and just talking to you in general is like your determination to strike off on your own and do something for yourself, but also like learn from the legacy of your family. Yeah. I think is is really powerful. Um, so let's t- let's talk first and foremost, like yeah. what what you like want to do the same as um, as like dad and company, and what you want to do a little differently. Maybe what what you've created for yourself. Um, so the biggest thing I want to do to, um, I'd say that I've learned from him and that I want to implement is like culture, right? They're yeah. big believer in it. I mean, he wrote a book with his, um, business partner, Dave, um, called love work. And so that alone, like I just learned the importance of culture. I mean, when I, like I said, when I went to conference, I mean, I see how people treat each other. I see at the, even at the office, I guess it's a balance of work and play as they call it. They literally have a sign that's work and play. Um, and that's why I think the biggest thing is just how you treat your employees, you treat your customers and that relationship you build, um, in the office. And then what I also love, the reason I love Basecamp so much is because I honestly don't work with them at all. Um, so it's nice because, uh, that that sounded so bad, but it's true because, um, I work with such a great new team where, I mean, I love, like I said, I learned a lot from the old man, but I want to do something on my own in terms yep. of working with other people, right? Um, learning from them. Like Ben Basecamp mentor, I would not call my dad all but my mentor through Basecamp, right? Um, one of my biggest has definitely been Nigel. He's the national director of sales for Basecamp. And so, I mean, I love looking up to other people because obviously I looked up to them my whole life. And so it's great to finally learn from other people, have a whole new team, new experiences, um, and just build off that. But no, it's a, I will say, like I said, it's nice trying to figure out your own path and doing your own thing. I love Basecamp. Um, I want to expand Chicago. And now it's just like, how else can I kind of just grow my own little legacy, right? Because it's, um, yeah, it's like people say, you always have to do it because I can't just do nothing, right? It's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's fun to watch too because I, I think like you, even talking through the amount of pre-sales you did, you get excited for that stuff. Like it, it yeah. and it's a big number too. I know a lot of studios don't break two hundred members ever. Um, so three fifty in pre-sales is incredible. And now let's hear from an Sweat Life ambassador who is loving Basecamp right now. Hey there, my name is Brooke, aka Brookie Trinity, and I'm a NASM certified personal trainer. I teach strength and HIIT classes at Sona Fitness in Evanston, and I tried and loved Basecamp located in the West Loop, and I loved it because I really felt like I was taking a fitness class that was in a nightclub. I say that because the ambiance, the aesthetic was 
went above and beyond. You walk in, the lighting is on point, the energy is on point. There were two DJs set up right in the middle of the fitness studio. Um, and it was really fun because it included uh, one minute strength stations and it was a kind of a back and forth alternating between strength and endurance, which I really appreciated. Um, it, was, it was just really cool, a different uh, twist on a group fitness class. Uh, we were put into different groups um, and we followed a big screen that prepped us for the next move that we were going into. So we kind of alternated between, I believe, upper body and lower body moves. Um, and then from that strength training, we went to the assault bike where we really pushed it for that minute and worked on our, our endurance. So our instructor was Andreas who brought the energy. He was he was on the entire time. It was a great compliment with the DJs. Um, and he really made he really made each group feel like he was hyper focused on on what movie we're working on, how to progress and regress, um, and how to make each minute effective. So I tried Basecamp, but I ended up loving it and look forward to really um, attending more classes in the future. So Brooke, you mentioned the assault bike. It is a love yes. it or hate it piece of machinery or love it and hate it, depending on who you are. <laughs> How do you feel about it? <laughs> um, I have to agree with you, Gina. It's a, it's definitely a love hate, but you never regret working out on the assault bike. Um, it's definitely something that you, you have to get used to. It, it could be a kind of scary cardio um, equipment, but I found so much progress using the assault bike um, and you could really, really progress really, really effectively using it. I, I love incorporating it in my, my workouts and I thought it was really cool that Basecamp um, uses it in their programming. All right, any advice for someone who is going to take Basecamp for the very first time? Oh, advice for someone that's going to take Basecamp for the first time. Get ready to have a really kick butt time. Can I say, I want to say something else, but. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, say the other thing. Yeah, walk into there with an open mindset. Um, I would say the, the ambiance really, really set it apart from other group fitness classes that I've, that I've taken. Um, come into it with an open mind, ready to have fun, but really, really to to work and and push yourself to to limits that you didn't think that that you could meet. Um, and it's great too because you could start out with one one weight of dumbbells or a, a barbell and easily increase the weight or, or push yourselves. And and the instructors do a really good job of of guiding you through everything. So. Go, in, go into it with the mindset that you're you're going to have fun and you're going to be in a fitness nightclub, basically, no matter what time of day you take the class. Amazing. Thank you, Brooke. Of course. Okay, so we've talked a lot about community and culture. Let's talk about culture first on your team. Um, it's, it's really evident to me. I've been to base camp a number of times. I'm almost at my strong start, not quite, but let's yeah. talk a bit about um, how you've instilled a culture of sort of working hard, figuring things out yeah. um, and having fun there. Yeah, so um, off the 
premise of culture, like I said, culture is king, I think, in a billion studio. Um, so when it goes to my employees, the biggest way, I mean, I didn't really, like I said, the hiring process did everything on my own. Like I had no clue what I was really doing. So I kind of just went to the ropes. Um, so the biggest things I'd say to improve your work culture, especially with your employees, is one, you just got to trust in your employees. That's the biggest thing. Trust them to do their job. I mean, obviously you have to keep them accountable, but you have to trust that, um, you have to trust them and give them the freedom to learn from their own mistakes. I think that's really important. Um, but like I said, I, I, when I first hired them, I remember saying, girls, Alona, Sarah, I was like, hey, when you you can do whatever you want to sell memberships. I don't care if you have to make deals, whatever you have to do to get people in the door, do it. I trust you to do it. Only ask for my permission if you have to spend money. <laughs> that was it. I was like, hey. Um, but like I said, you can do whatever you want. I want you to learn. I want you to try new things, explore. So I gave them a lot of freedom with that to go and A, be themselves and also just learn to make mistakes, right? A, also is a big thing is very simple. Treat all your employees as equal. Um, so my ambassadors who only work part-time, four hours every two days, right? They Their opinion, I value the same as, like, say, Dana, who's my, like I said, fitness, soon to be fitness manager here who is there every single day. It's just because they see it. Ambassadors will maybe see something from a different point of line, right? We're all different. We all have different perspectives. And so I love to hear everyone's opinion. And at the end of the day, um, makes them feel more valued, I think. And it just brings everyone together. Um, another way that I do it, I'd say a third way, is I'm always honest with them. I always tell my employees to like, just be honest, right? If you're not feeling well, you're going to be late. Just be honest with me because I'm always honest with them. I go over our honest financials together. I'm very open about the business. I, like I said, I promote asking questions. Like if you don't understand this, ask me why. Because if you don't know, understand it, you're scared to ask it. You're not going to be able to do it properly. So ask why. There's no dumb questions, but just be open with your employees. Be honest. And then honestly, I encourage a lot of mistakes and promote opportunity through that. So, I mean, one of the things is that as leaders, you're always going to make mistakes. I mean, I made many mistakes throughout my pre-sale process. Still make mistakes every day. But it's the mistakes that kind of develop you into a leader. And so obviously, I want my team to be able to lead studios in the future. And so I want from there, I encourage them to make mistakes. I mean, when they text me and there's a problem, I'll like look at my phone. And unless it's a, if it's not a dire emergency, I'll let it sit for 30 minutes. Because at the end of the day, the studio is not going to burn down, right? And they, they'll most likely figure it out. And so like I do that all the time. And it's worked pretty well. Um, but like I said, I mean, it took Elon Musk three rocket failures to finally get in orbit, right? So you have to learn from your mistakes, which is the biggest thing. I think it's just very true. You have to make mistakes. And so I love for them to make mistakes. I encourage it. And that obviously provokes the opportunity for them to learn. And one other thing we did to build culture was, honestly, very simple. We have a book club. Um, reading, we just read a book. And so every Thursday, every other Thursday, when we can, we meet up and discuss the chapters. And so... Last week we did, uh, last month we did Extreme Ownership, and it was a really good book, and we really, really enjoyed it. This month's book is uh, The Power of Positive Leadership. Really good book. Um, it's fun, yeah. I, I do the Audible version. The girls like to read it, um, but we all get notes together and go about it. It's really fun. I love that. And what I think yeah. all of those, well, first of all, all of those values and then all of those activities do is they make your people feel valued. I know all of the folks that we're talking to for this series on studios tend to do that. All the great leaders in studio fitness tend to make 
their um, their trainers, their staff feel, feel valued because in a lot of studios and gyms, the staff can feel like a commodity. Like they're easily replaceable. Yeah. Um, like they're like they're and not that waiters and waitresses are easily replaceable because they're not either, but like they're wait staff, you know, like in and out. Um, and it's just really nice to see how much you value them. Yeah. And it's very true. I mean, I tell them every day how much they mean to me. I always say I, I cannot do this. All. You guys run the studio. I'm just here like nodding my head. Yes or no. Sometimes, you know, um, they're, they're fantastic, but no, we have a great balance. I think of just, like I said, work and play. Something I learned from the old man is I'll come in and I'll make a lot of jokes all the time. Um, and they'll make jokes and we laugh, have small talk, get lunch. I mean, it's just a great place. Cause I want to make a great place to work. I want people to enjoy coming to work. And that's my biggest thing. I mean, a simple encouragement of like, hey, I'll buy the whole morning team, you three, poke, or like they love poke. I'll buy you guys poke if you sell these three memberships this morning. And they'll work their ass off to sell those memberships, I'll tell you. Um, and they'll text me, they're like, poke, poke, poke. I'm like, all right, have fun, go. Just don't get the, I'm like, just don't get too much avocado on the side. <laughs> um, but no, they're great. And so it's a great balance of work and play. And just like I said, treat them with respect, being open to them. And a prime example is just when we, when I first opened, one of my employees, her alarm clock didn't go off, right? Oh, and so okay. she didn't show up. I was obviously, when I first opened, I was always checking my cameras because I was building trust. And so I always make sure they're there on time. Everything's going well. And her alarm didn't go off. So I showed up. We had a meeting. And the biggest thing, I walked in the meeting. And I, didn't even say, I didn't say one word. I said, I always said was sigh. I said, girl, what did you learn? And my employee, she said, I'm going to set two alarm clocks. And I said, perfect. That was it. That was the end. I said, awesome. That's it. Have a good day. I was like, have a good day. I'll see you. I'll talk to you later. That was it. That was the end of the conversation. Never had a problem sentence. And so, like I said, learning from your mistakes, I don't like to point fingers and blame, say, do this again. You're in trouble. It's like, hey, what did you learn? I asked, what do you learn? Set two clocks. Never had a problem sentence. Right? It happened. Everyone makes mistakes. Like, I'm not going to scold you for sleeping in. Yeah. And it, it happens to everyone. Honestly, everyone, the question is how you, how you handle it. I feel like every leader can learn from that too. If you act like mistakes are the end of the world, like no one's going to come to you when something come, goes wrong. Right. Yeah. Oh, I make mistakes all the time. My team texted me, Kai, he did it. I was like, Oh, sorry. Sorry. We'll take doing? ownership over it. Take ownership of it and make change. It's a great Okay, uh, let's talk then, about. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you got more. Oh, I was gonna say customer, team. customer. No, I was gonna say like just customer culture then too. Yeah, uh, that's where I was going. Really work. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. I, I heard the C come out, and I was like, yeah, "Are we going to customer?" But my biggest things on that, like, I was big on it. I told my team when we first started, customer culture is gonna be key for them. A simplest one is smile. When you when someone walks in the door, smile before you make any phone call. Smile because if you make a phone call. How are you doing this base camp? Or how are you doing it? But you know, you smile, you're gonna sound happy on the phone. Um, but people walk in the door, smile, it makes you look energetic, and people build off your energy. Um, two, introduce your members to each other, whether it's to mixers or in class. So I don't know if it happened in your class, but normally coaches say, Hey, introduce yourself to your neighbor, hi, hi, hi. Or when it's a first timer, if you were a first timer, I'd purposely sit you next to some more experienced members that I'm um, really I'm closer with, and I'd say, "Hey, this is introduced, right? I introduce you guys, and so you don't feel alone. And now you kind of like made a new friend. I got members now that drive each other to workouts and at mixers. I mean, we have fun. We get drinks. We eat together. I mean, we just had a volleyball league last night. Our team went. My team. We went six now. So <laughs> proud of us. Undefeated champs, um, which is awesome. So I got us all individual trophies, which is great. Three is first name basis. Um, 
it's it was super it was, it's getting harder because we're growing and i'm like every day i said i'm not on um, site every single day or just like all day so like i'm still learning to get no names but no best you can right really encourage knowing your clients names um and just like learning that's always great to know providing the best service possible that's very simple right so just clean bathrooms clean towels trying to accommodate my members super everyone knows that and five, honestly, ask for feedback, how you can get better, how you can improve your service product, um, whatever it is. Yes, it's a franchise, so it's hard to make those changes, but you can always send that feedback to the people in charge. Um, but no, I just think you just be friendly to people and you know, say hi, celebrate them. I mean, when it's your 10th class, you're going to get a T-shirt. When it's your birthday, we make a big deal out of it. When it's your 100th class, we make a big deal out of it. I mean, whatever it is, uh, we, just, we encourage you, we celebrate you, and we want you to feel special. Have you had a 100 yet? I am now. I'm at like 140 something. Okay. Yeah. What about members? Have you had any anybody hit the 100? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We got. I was actually looking at it last night because our volleyball team was at dinner, and so everyone know how close to they. Dana leads our studio, and most uh, classes taken. By the way, her first class was when I first opened, and my first class is four years ago. So she is a animal. She's a tank. She's at like 153 classes. Um, yeah. Then we got Rachel, who's on the volleyball team. She's at like one, she's two, she's at like 140 something, 150. And but we, yeah, we got like, I'd say we got a lot of members over 100 now. It's great. Um, and yeah, it's coming up. Like I said, we got a lot of people that come five, six times a week. And so they just kill it. Yeah. Every morning, the, the classic are morning veterans or afternoon veterans. We got them all. Yeah. Wow. All right. Let's let's talk about uh, your goals too. So we've spent a lot of time um, talking about base camp. Um, honestly, we haven't talked about the COVID of it all because your, your opening wasn't super impacted by it. Um, but let's actually, let's pause for that. Um, Connick, it was anything changed, affected, um, moved because of the pandemic. And if so, what did you learn from it? I would say the biggest thing that we got hit with was when we opened and everyone's first billing was coming, Omicron spiked masks went back into place and the vaccine mandate came out which was a one two three sucker punch to the face so um, i mean and it also got really really cold out so people didn't want to go outside it's kind of four punches but no that's why i say we lost 170 members when we first opened because a lot of people didn't want to wear a mask the workout's hard with the mask i understand b uh vaccine they still want to show their vaccine card uh, another reason is they're moving they want to go like arizona florida somewhere like that and it's cold, super cold. And so, but the biggest thing is that Omicron spike. Since then, it's been good. People are coming back in. Um, but no, that, besides that, that spike just kind of, that really sucked because the masks, people, like my workout's so hard and, and a mask, it's just so tough, right? Like, and I don't know, you know, people just want to like have this, you know, that's how people are. That's how human, uh, human behavior is. And so, once that mask mandate came off, vaccine mandate, all that stuff, people come came right back. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of studios that were open previous to the pandemic had to go through a series of pivots and learn really quickly and create a digital product. Um, but you sort of had a lot of time to plan. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to. So we did have, I mean, I know Basecamp did virtual workouts right when COVID hit. Santa Monica did outdoor workouts. So I remember when I was working out there for like two months, they would, I'd roll the bikes out at like 4.30 in the morning every day. Um, 
out in the parking lot. And eventually the salt from the ocean gets into the bikes. And so it's, you start, I carry like a can of WD-40 in my pocket. And I like spraying the wheels as I push them. <laughs> it was fun. Um, but no, I'd say I didn't really have any issues like that where I had to shut down and close. I opened, like I said, um, December of 21. And so it was kind of at that side, Omicron, but there's no shutdowns going into effect. But we did do virtual workouts, stuff like that. But basically, like I said, virtual workouts are virtual workouts. We had some people stay, but it was just like I said, I can only imagine the like the mental stress, um, even the pressure of just those studio managers and leadership in our corporate studios and the ones open, even any studio open, right? When you have a member base of 500 members and you have to freeze 500 members, right? Because now, or pause them or cancel them or people don't come back or, and then once you reopen, they don't see the newsletter and they get billed and they're angry at you and you got to refund them. Like there's so many things that happened that just, I mean, just the headaches, the, um, just the constant, now, like the Excel spreadsheets I saw, like cancellations, freezes, pauses, reasonings. I was getting a migraine just from looking at them. And so I'm very fortunate I didn't have to go through that, but I'm hoping it never, ever happens again because the reason I just probably saw on the labor side from the managers, the assistant managers, leadership, it just looked like so stressful to see them go through, I mean, 500 people's memberships and push them out, freeze them, cancel all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the empathy you feel for all the other studio managers is kind of universal. Everybody feels that for each other. So let's look forward. Never again, please. (laughs) One of my members um, owned a gym very close to mine and Unfortunately, COVID destroyed it, and so they uh, shut down. They're still they're part of my gym. I'm grateful for them, but it's just tough because, like I said, if you got great product and you work your ass off, you know, you invest a lot of money and time into this, and then it's out of your hands. You just kind of, you know, it sucks because what if you blame yourself? But at the end of the day, there's nothing you can really do when it's just it's it's such a competitive market. A and B, you got nothing's really working for you in terms of like shutdowns, right? So yeah, couldn't see the future. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Happier note. <laughs> let's, let's talk yeah. about let's talk about you, Conic. Let's talk about your goals. We're yeah. Um, how many base camp workouts do you want to do this year? First of all, that's my my first question to you. Well, J- July we're doing the summer challenge, sizzle challenge. So it's twenty classes in July. I just finished sixteen today. Sixteen Ooh. out of my twenty. Yeah, I've been oh, yeah, nonstop. Nonstop. Oh yeah. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. I'll finish. I'll be doing all the. I'll finish twenty by the end of this week. I mean, I have seventeen, eighteen, nine. I only have seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty-four left. So I'm good. I gotta get done before I leave for my cabin next Wednesday. That's all that matters. <laughs> but my uh, fun note: my friends and I, my two other buddies, have a challenge. So my buddy Kevin, he's doing it. He's at like fifteen, fourteen. He's great. But Sam, Sam just got back from New York. You better start going uh, because if he doesn't go for every class you miss, you get shot once with a paintball gun. And so if you miss five classes, you get five just back, you know, back shots with my paintball gun. You get shot one. And that's just a private bet, right? That's not all the base camp members. Oh, no, it's no. My staff said they'd do it. I don't know if I I, legally, I don't know if I can shoot you guys. I don't think you should do it. Uh, Yeah, but Coach Andres is actually doing it. But I think he's been slacking. He's so far, he's got a lot of paintball shots coming towards his way. Yeah. Coach Andres. No, I want to do it. I love, normally I do about four a week. I'd say three to four a week. I switch off. I do my own training. Um, I was a skinny kid growing up. And so I love a lifting heavy and be like growing. Um, always have, and I like eating. And so I probably normally do four a week, three a week, and I lift six times a week. So I normally do like nine, 10 workouts a week, um, when I can. 
Uh, I didn't, but I didn't yes. know you were going there. It's a lot of workouts. <laughs> it's a lot of workouts. Um, but like I said, my, my industry is health and wellness. So, I mean, you're not going to buy a gym membership if I was out of shape, would you? No. <laughs> so as I say, I mean, I'm like, hey, you're not going to buy a gym membership if I weigh 275 pounds. I would. I would. I trust you. <laughs> I trust you. I wouldn't buy from me. <laughs> but no, um, that's like I said, that's the goal of base camp. I think base camp, I want to have four six to six studios in the city. Yeah. Um, Lincoln Park, Logan Square, great areas. Um North of Lincoln Park is good. There's, I don't know if River North, I'd touch it. South Loop, yeah. I'm not sure. Like I said, I, when the time comes, the time comes. And yeah. then personally, yeah, I think Basecamp's got a great future ahead of it. It's a good brand. Chicago's an awesome market. But yeah, I want to eventually my team be able to like regionally direct it all because I don't know if I'll be in Chicago forever. Um, but I think it's, I love it. It's a great brand. It's got great potential. And um, I think four to six in the city are, is, the key, is the goal. And then the future for Conic, let's say you do everything you want to do with Basecamp. What's what's next for you? Great question. Right now I'm on that little journey. I'm on that question mark because I want to, I love videos. I love filming it. And so right now I'm in like that clouded space of like making more content stuff because I mean, I'm in the fitness industry, right? And so I love video content. I love all that stuff. And so I don't want to be, no offense, you know, I just don't like being like the influencer that sells like, Hey, promotes this product, buy this 20% off discount code. Right. But I also know I have my own gyms. Like it's not my main source thing. And so I'd probably go down the road of like filming, doing video content. I really enjoy that. Um, I love, I, like I said, I love cars. I love um, anything to do with cars. I'm a big car guy. I like art. And so but it's one of those things where like you can't really make money off good money off cars unless you like spend a whole lot of time doing it, and that's not something I have right now. Um, I'm not sure. That's it. Like I said, I love right now. I'm focused on like how can I make the best content, the best service for Basecamp, and I think the rest will fall into peace. Like rest will come. That's the biggest sin. I agree. Okay, so for our listeners um, who are interested in trying either the Basecamp in Chicago or any of the yes. other places for the very first time, what piece of advice? Would you like them to know before going into their first class? Don't, don't um, underestimate the bike. So everyone, you're going to go in there and you're going to first five rounds on the bike. You're going to know first three, five rounds. You're going to chug 24 miles an hour, 20 miles, 22 miles an hour. And you're just going to, it's going to hit you hard. Just the first class, take your first class as a learning experience, only as a learning experience, learn the workout, learn how the shifts happen learn the bike, get comfortable with it. Your second class is about crushing your goals. I always say base camp's the master of second impressions. Your second class is where you come to crush your goals. You get started. We're here to kill it. We're here to kick some ass. Your first class is a learning experience, get comf- you know, getting comfortable experience. I think that's the best thing. Amazing. Connick, thank you so much for joining me on Mega yeah. Goals. This has been a delight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. It's uh, Thanks for having me. You know, it's my only second ever uh, podcast interview. It's pretty, pretty cool. Love it. You know, it's been really fun. Hopefully more to come, right? It'd be more awesome. to come. This is good fun. Yeah, more to come. And we'll see you all in the studio soon. Yes, I will see you soon. Your strong start's coming up. So 10 classes, we're celebrating. Yeah. Awesome, perfect. Thank you for having me. This has been another episode of We Got Goals, another thing that's better with friends. Thanks to Connor Brunyan for joining me. And remember, you can get a free week at Basecamp Nationwide at the link in our show notes. Another big thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing, Ryan Barayuga for video production, and you, our listeners, for subscribing wherever you get your podcasts.